0: Hi there! Welcome to episode 8 of Eccentric Chai, the podcast for artistic misfits, wayward explorers, and the creatively weird. I'm your host, Lena Forrester. This week on the podcast, I'm going to have a little bit of fun, not really talk about anything art related, and instead I'm going to introduce you to the three studio cats. Each of these kitties have come to our lives in their own special way, so I will be sharing with you their origin stories, who they were as kittens, and even where their names came from. And I'm not just going to introduce you to them, I'm also going to be sharing with you their mannerisms around the studio where I create this podcast and my art. Before we begin, don't forget this podcast is a sister project to my blog, Eccentric Chai. You can find the link in the show notes if you would like to read about all things art, weird, and, of course, (laughs) this episode's version of Introducing the Studio Cats. And now, without further ado, let's get started. The first cat to enter our life after our daughter was born was Kitty. Our daughter was a year and a half at the time and my husband was turning 27, I believe. And on his birthday, I just suddenly decided I wanted a kitten and I wanted my little baby to have a kitten to play with and to grow up with. And so we perused Craigslist as one does. And I looked for not very long and found a, someone was giving away free kittens. So I piled everybody in the car and we drove maybe 15 minutes away to where this person lived. And we soon found out that this was actually a hoarding situation. (laughs) There were cats literally coming out the walls of this place. So needless to say, every time a kitten came out of the house... I would say, hey, is that one available? And the woman would say, nope, that one's staying. <laughs> and it was interesting because there were just so many cats. I'd never seen so many in one place. She had mentioned something about the city being involved. So maybe that's why she had to get rid of some of her kitties. But finally, a little tiger kitty, I guess you would call it a an American shorthair, came Plopping out of the house, little tiny fuzzy thing, and I said, "Is that one available?" And she said, "Yes, you can take that one." According to the woman with the cats, Kitty's mother had been hit by a car, and she was still. Her, her and her siblings were still way too young to be weaned, and so one of the other cats, who was nursing its own litter of kitties, took in Kitty and her siblings so that they wouldn't starve. So. Kitty's origin story had already started out kind of troubled, you know, with losing her mother before it was time to be weaned and starting out her life in a extremely overcrowded trailer with (laughs) lots and lots of other kitties. Because it had been so much trouble just getting to a kitten that I wanted to, that I was able to take with me, I scooped Kitty up and we said goodbye and... Kitty came home with us. The story behind her name is pretty simple. Our daughter was a year and a half, and one of the only words she could say at the time was Kitty. (laughs) And so we decided to go ahead and name Kitty, Kitty, to make it easier on our daughter to call her by her name. As a kitten, she was a rambunctious, precocious little scamp. She would often go behind the entertainment center and wait for our daughter to walk by toddle by basically and she would jump out at our daughter and our daughter would just laugh and laugh it just it was just they would do that for pff, goodness 20 minutes sometimes at a time where, you know, our daughter would walk over to the entertainment center. Kitty would jump out and she would laugh and run away. And then she would go back over there. Kitty would jump out and she would laugh and run away. It's just so adorable. Kitty is uh, Kitty had actually entered our daughter's life at the time in which she was still in a crib. And so Kitty would often sleep in the crib with our daughter until Kitty showed our daughter how to jump out of the crib. And then our daughter was jumping out of the crib and we had to take the front railing off. But Kitty still slept with her and they were just two peas in a pod. They grew up together. It was just super sweet seeing them grow up together. Today, Kitty is one year younger than our daughter. Our daughter is nine, so Kitty is eight. She still sleeps with our daughter at night. Still seems to have somewhat of a bond with her and, but she is not as precocious and crazy as she was, <laughs> obviously, because she's getting up there in age. She is awfully grouchy sometimes, like if you pet her way too much, she will bite you or scratch you. If you pet her when she doesn't want to be pet, she will growl at you. She's just, you know, she's setting her way. She's getting up there in age and, you know, get off my lawn kind of mentality, <laughs> I also think she's kind of mad at us since we brought the dog home. She's never forgiven us for that. Some of her weird mannerisms, however, is um, eating plastic or licking plastic. Licking things that are like paper towels and toilet paper. I don't understand it. Maybe she's got pica. (laughs) She doesn't really, you know, eat it to the point where she's sick. She does like to eat ribbons until she's sick, though. So I have to keep all Christmas ribbon high you know closed off in the closet otherwise she will eat it and it will make her sick so those are some of the weird mannerisms for her as for her what she does in the studio I don't see her in the studio very often but when I do she's either lying on the floor or growling at one of the other cats because they're in her bubble she most of the time either stays up in our daughter's bed during the day or sleeps on the back of the couch where she has created a permanent indent <laughs> as her personal spot and if other cats get up in that spot, she will sit right near them and almost to look at them and be like, you're in my chair, you're in my space, I'm gonna stare at you until you move. <laughs> She doesn't really get along with the other studio cats. One, because Chai is very young. He's only two and he has been terrorizing her ever since we were on him home. <laughs> Think about the the tiny child just annoying the old, the you know, the grandparent till they just can't handle it anymore. He will just play and play and play and try to get her and, you know, you can hear her just growling and, <laughs> get away from me. <laughs> But, you know, sometimes she starts it and starts playing with him. And then they chase each other around the house. So we do, she does have a little bit of a, I think, and a fondness for Chai. As for Coco, I, I think they kind of compete for dominance in the household. And so they're not exactly seeing eye to eye yet. But we haven't had Coco very long. And I'm thinking Kitty, she's okay with him being here. She doesn't care when he walks by her. You know, she doesn't swat at him or growl, but most of the time she just kind of tries to pretend he doesn't exist, which I guess is okay and much better than them attacking each other. And as for the dog, I think Howl, our husky, wants to play with Kitty most of all out of all the other cats. I don't know why. She will lay there on the on the floor and stare up at him and will just hiss and claw and he will just be in that dog bow mode like play 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 and he barks at her and he runs around her and he barks and she just stays there in one spot and another funny thing that she does to the dog is when he is in his crate and the crate is shut so like when we're eating or something she will lay right in front of the crate upside down with her paws in the air almost to be like i'm free and you are stuck in there (laughs) it's just tormenting it's so kitty the next cat to enter our lives was chai we actually picked him up at the shelter in town It was at the very end of 2019 so it was a Christmas present basically to the family and mostly to Hal the dog who always wanted to play with Kitty but Kitty never wanted to play back so we thought that maybe if we got a kitten the kitten would grow up knowing Hal and would be okay with having the dog around and would maybe play with him for a little bit and so we looked on the internet on the shelter's website and we saw this kitten with white paws and immediately I just saw him and I said, that's mine. That's my kitty. I'm going to go get him right now. I packed up my daughter. We thought about names on the way there. Since it was Christmas time, uh, A Chris, you know, we had Christmas music playing in the car and then the Nutcracker Suite came on and I thought, huh. What about Tchaikovsky? And my daughter said we could call him Chai. And, you know, chai is my favorite drink in the whole world. Would never be able to tell that based on the name of this podcast, but I immediately loved the idea of calling him Chai short for Tchaikovsky and we went right over to this shelter. I uh, we went into the cat room. I couldn't find him. There was a but there was a separate space where you could uh, go play with the kitties so we went in there and a mom and her daughter were playing with the kittens and one of the kittens had the little white paws and it was him and I just oh I just fell in love it was something I just could not explain I just needed this kitty to be in my life and yet he was very skittish And I, I should say he is very skittish, but as a kitten, it was so much easier to lose him because he could go under everything. So whenever we, whenever I spotted him in the room, I had to kind of chase him down and then reach my arm underneath things in order to try to get him. And then once I had him, he was trying so hard to get away. He was just so terrified and I was just talking to him and it's okay, you know, and Uh, I took him right out to the front and said this one's my baby I'm taking him home with me and they told me to put him in the room right behind us and so I closed him up in the room right behind us so I could fill out his adoption papers and you could just hear him meow 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 (laughs) he really wanted out of that room he wanted to run away and hide and never be touched again by another human being ever I'm not entirely sure about where he was before he went to the shelter He did have a sibling there. I know that. But it doesn't say where they came from. If they were strays. I'm going to go ahead and think maybe stray. Maybe their mother was feral. And they were kind of taught to not trust people. And so. But I'm not sure. He's just. Even today he's super shy. Super skittish. With people who aren't in the family. I will say that. So we brought him home. And it was just wonderful. It was also kind of scary because our dog Hal does not know how big he is (laughs) and we were scared he was going to trample the kitty so we did our very best to keep Chai separate from Hal but still kind of getting him used to his scent and everything. Chai was still at that age where he slept a lot so we actually would wrap him up in a little kitty blanket and like a baby almost, we would swaddle him and he would sleep in our arms the entire day. We'd switch around between uh, me, my daughter, and my husband. We would just switch and we would all just hold him. And when he got a little bigger, I started actually carrying him in the Moby Wrap that my daughter had when she was a baby simply because he he really liked being next to me, I noticed. He never wanted to be out of, you know, in, in a different room than I was. And he also wanted me to carry him everywhere. So I finally just started putting him in the Moby Wrap so he could lay in there and I could go about my day. And I think maybe that's why he's still so attached to me. I don't know. You know, they say that the cat chooses you. Well, he really chose me in this instance. Because even today, I still am rarely without him in the same room. He meows at me when I come in the room. If he is in a different room, he purrs immediately as soon as I touch him. I mean, he has such a special bond with me. I, I joke with others that I'm his therapy animal. But at the same time, he's my therapy animal. Because we got him at the very end of 2019, and we all know what that is. That was the time before, the the time before the the, the pandemic and everything else. And he got me through 2020 just by being there just by being so ornery. I mean, I had never had a kitten this crazy in my life. He was into everything. He was in, you know, we would open the refrigerator and he would jump out. I mean, seriously, when did you get in there? Oh my God. You know, same with the, I had to always check the dishwasher before I turned it on because he would go in there. I had to, uh, make sure cabinets were closed but then he started learning how to open cabinets. I had to make sure the pantry didn't get closed with him in there otherwise he would just tear everything up in there and get into the cat treats and you know everything. Uh, If I left the pantry open I would come downstairs in the morning and would find the whole bag of cat treats in the middle of the floor torn up with cat treats everywhere. (laughs) And this is just a little itty bitty kitten and he's just dragging this huge bag of cat treats out. I mean he was just crazy. With I say was, but he still is he's still crazy, and him being that crazy though it it kept my mind busy, and I was able to i kind of get through twenty twenty with this kind of humorous yet frustrating thing <laughs> and to this day, I just feel so much love and and comfort when I'm near him, and I truly understand that pets can be therapy animals, and he is my therapy animal out of all of them, and I love them all, but uh, there's just something special about him that just really releases all those chemicals in my brain that make me feel so much better, even when I'm having a really, really bad day. But who is he today? He is... You know, he's two. He's almost three. He's just as crazy. I find paw prints in the sugar bowl. I don't even know how he got in the sugar. I don't even know when he got in the sugar. But I'll find a paw print in there. If we don't close the sugar, he'll lick it. I don't know why he likes sugar. Cats can't taste sweet. If I leave a my daughter's lunch unattended that has turkey in it, he will go eat the turkey. So we have to make sure that he stays, you know, she's eating and not the cat not letting the cat have some snacks. <laughs> he, We still have to uh, check the fridge and the dishwasher just in case. I also sometimes have to check the washing machine. And who is he in the studio? Well, he comes in here quite a bit and he sleeps in the windowsill. Uh, usually if Coco is in here, he is also in here. They seem to be very close with one another actually. They... When we brought Coco home, Chai was very, of course, very skittish and very scared. Didn't know what we were doing with this new cat, but he warmed up to him pretty quick, actually. And now they play together. They they chase each other around the house. They they seem to have a fondness for each other. It's very sweet. They're like brothers. Does he like Hal? Well, you know, actually, Chai is not afraid of Hal very much. He if Hal comes near him, he will stare him down and be like almost like come get me (laughs) and he starts batting at the dog and and you know he will make the dog chase him sometimes which is kind of funny and if you hear that rattling right now his ears must have been burning because here comes Chai he decided to join me in the studio this morning good morning Chai good morning so Chai is now on the back of my chair as he does whenever I'm down here in the studio. He's probably about to get on my desk, get into all my stuff, then get right up in my face because I'm paying more attention to this microphone than I am him. (laughs) But that is just Chai in a nutshell. He's super sweet, super cuddly, but he is super skittish. So if you were to ever visit my house, you will never meet him in person. (laughs) That is what we tell everybody, including family members. There are people who come here often and have still never met him in person. So. We get to be the lucky three in the house who get to see him and know exactly what he looks like in real life. (laughs) I'm gonna take a moment here to talk about my sponsors, which do not exist. I am my own sponsor and Chai is currently trying to walk on my keyboard, so give me just one moment. (laughs) So I've started something new. I have kind of taken a step back from patreon because it was just not working I just could not get anybody to come be patrons however I have noticed that I do get commissions a lot especially when I start to bonify things and so I have reopened commissions on my Ko-Fi you can be fide for $10 or buy and then buy your fide picture for $30 or you can commission me to do an intuitive landscape simply give me some colors and I will create something that is completely unique and intuitive and it will ship it your way another thing you can do is to go to my website go to my gallery and peruse through all of the original art and prints that I have available on my site I not only have however original art and prints i also have handbound sketchbooks and greeting cards all of them have intuitive art painted on them i've cre- i've made all of them myself so the sketchbooks i sewed together myself the greeting cards i folded <laughs> myself so i would love it if you would just go take a look and even if you don't buy anything just the fact that you were there is special to me And finally, the last thing you can do to help this podcast is to share it and get the word out that this podcast exists. I'm doing my very best to get an episode out every Friday. And the more people that know about it, the more of an audience I'm going to get for the podcast and the more I will be able to continue the podcast in the future. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about Coco. Those of you who follow me on social media, especially Twitter, will know Coco's story. Coco came to us as a complete, almost like a complete fluke. We were not in the market for another cat. I had been telling my daughter for quite a while that I had planned on not getting a cat anymore after Chai. We had our two kitties, we had our dog, we had a canary at the time. We didn't need any more pets, we were good. (laughs) But then one evening we heard a pawing at the back door and I went back to the back deck area and turned on the light and there was an orange cat pawing at the back door. Well the next door neighbor had an orange cat not too long ago that would live that would go outside a lot and so I immediately thought it was the next door neighbor's cat. So I opened the door and he came right in and wanted me to pick him up. I picked him up. He snuggled. He purred. He was the friendliest cat ever. So I assumed immediately that he had to belong to somebody. He was declawed on his front paws and he was fixed, which meant he was somebody's cat, right? You know, I was pretty sure that we had somebody's cat and I I had a feeling he was the next door neighbors. We actually live in a condo or a townhouse, whatever. All of our townhouses kind of look the same on this hill. Maybe he got confused. I don't know. So we put him back outside and I said, well, he'll, he'll find his way back to his, his house. And we shut the door and we thought that was it. The next day, our daughter was really concerned with his well being, So she went next door and asked the neighbors if he had come home that night and they told her that both of their cats are actually indoor cats now. And so both of their cats were in there with them. And so that orange cat had not been theirs. So my daughter, concerned, a future veterinarian that she is, went running all around the backyard, the front yards, up and down the hill with by all the townhouses. And finally found this orange cat beneath one of those pine shrubbery shrubberies shrubberies (laughs) in front of the apartments down the hill and he was under there almost like it was his house and the the apartment that he was in front of the condo it was actually empty it had been empty for some time so my daughter found him she brought him back up the street and said hey here he is I found him and we put him on the back deck and we gave him some food he gobbled it up he drank his water he just like he was just starving, almost. He was actually quite skinny. He was uh, very bony. His fur was—it looked. Maybe he was filthy, or maybe it was just—it just he just didn't look completely up up to snuff. I guess he didn't look super healthy. He didn't look super sick either, though. He was very happy and cheerful and cuddly and wanted to wanted us to pet him all the time. And he meowed incessantly: meow, 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 and. So we put him back outside and I told our daughter, you know, he will be okay. He's, he's gotta be somebody else's cat. I kept telling her, he's gotta be somebody else's cat. Maybe they just let him out through during the day and he goes and just wanders the neighborhood. The next day, my daughter went out, of course, and found him beneath his shrubbery again, brought him back up and said she was, She didn't like him being out there by himself. She was really worried about him. We tried to feed him again and this time he wouldn't eat anything. So I figured, well, well, he must have just gotten fed. But my issue was that it was supposed to snow the next couple days. It was supposed to be actually very, very cold. And I didn't like the idea of him being outside in in the cold like this. So I said, okay. We'll keep him inside tonight in the spare room downstairs, which is now the studio. And we will post on the Facebook. There's a lost and found pets in our area. There's a couple of things that we were going to call the shelter. We were going to call, we were going to take him to the uh, vet to make sure that he had to see if he had a chip. Then we could get him back to his home. So we brought him downstairs and we gave him some food and water. We gave him some warm blankets to lay with and turned on the space heater and we left him down here. And we posted on the Facebook group. We called the, we couldn't call the shelter until Monday and it was, I believe, Friday night. So he was going to be with us over the weekend anyway. So we had him over the weekend. He didn't eat the entire time. I thought maybe it was just because he was in a, a new unfamiliar area, but we were keeping him away from the cold. It was snowing. It was just harsh outside. I didn't want to put him out there. I joked that we should call him Gene Kelly because of the way he needs his paws. It looks like he's tap dancing, (laughs) but my daughter would not have it. She said his name was Coco and there was no talking her out of it. So I told her, fine we'll call him Coco but in the tradition of the previous cat's musical name i told her we would call him Coco short for Coltrane and she said okay so that monday we took him to the vet to see if he had a chip actually let me let me go back i think it was that friday we took him to the vet he didn't have a chip He actually had fleas, they said. So, we had actually taken him home that Friday when we brought him inside to keep him from the cold. We brought him home and we gave him a bath, a flea bath. And he did not like that very much. (laughs) But so, we got him all cleaned up, got him comfy, and he did not have a chip, like I said. So,. We were posting on that Facebook group, and then Monday we called the shelter, hadn't heard anything. They told us there was this lost and found thing on their website that we could go to. The shelter could not come get him because they were so in need of volunteers that they actually did not have the manpower. There was just nowhere, nobody was responding about this kitty. And we had tons and tons and tons of uh, shares and replies on the Facebook group. You know, people were trying to get it out that we had this kitty that had to belong to somebody. But nobody came forward and said, hey, this is our cat. We did have a few people come forward and say, hey, I'll take him if you can't take another cat in. But I feel like if I had done that, my daughter would have, I don't know, lost her mind because she had already fallen deeply in love with this cat so I thought well okay fine I guess we have a third cat I wasn't very happy about it but (laughs) I figured it was better than him being you know wandering around outside in the cold and living under a shrubbery so I took him to the vet. We took him to the vet to get his shots and get him a checkup and everything. And the vet came in, looked at his gums and his ears and immediately said, he's jaundiced. And I thought, oh, uh-oh. you know, I, that's never good, you know. And so they had to do a bunch of blood work, which cost us quite a bit of money. And <laughs> remember, I did This wasn't my cat. You know, I was, I was still under the impression I was holding on to a cat until we found his owner, you know, but I, we were just doing the shots thing just in case he was going to stick around. Um, anyway, we spent the money to get his blood work done. They found out that he had, his bilirubins were pretty high and certain things were off. The vet said, you know what, this is probably just an infection. I'm going to give you some antibiotics. I'm going to send him home and he's going to be okay went home, gave him his antibiotics. He still wouldn't eat. And after about day two or three, we, I think the vet called us or we called the vet and cause he wasn't eating and he didn't appear to be getting any better. In fact, he appeared to be getting yellower, which was really concerning. So we ended up having to take him back and he, uh, the vet, took him over a Friday night into Saturday just to kind of keep an eye on him and he wasn't eating there either and they were flushing him with fluids to try to get the Billy Rubens out and they had him on some meds and by Saturday he was still not eating so they inserted they had to insert a feeding tube otherwise he was just going to starve to death. We went and picked up this cat on Saturday had quite a tremendous vet bill at that point however The generosity of the community just poured in. We had people coming to the vet before we had even stopped, you know, went to go get him. We had people coming by the vet to just donate $100 to his care because they had heard about him on the Facebook group. They shared our GoFundMe. They total strangers were donating a hundred dollars. I, I just, I was blown away by the generosity of just the community it really restores your faith in humanity when something like that happens. So we paid the big bill and we brought him home. At that point, I believe he was on, he had to be given medicine 12 times a day, I believe. He had eye ointment, he had several antibiotics, he had a vitamin for his liver, he had he had everything. And then on top of that, we also had to feed him three times a day through a tube with liquid cat, you know, it was just very overwhelming because, you know, just a few days before, I didn't have a third cat, I didn't want a third cat, and yet now I have a third cat and he's very sick. And I was just very overwhelmed and concerned and didn't know what was going to happen. And I believe by that Monday, he was still very sick. And we, I don't know why. I Okay, yeah, I remember. The vet wanted us to bring him back that Monday just so he could give him another look, give him some more, maybe take his blood again, give him a liver, uh, I think he needed to give him an ultrasound on his liver to see if his liver was okay. They found out his liver was actually okay, so they assumed it was his gallbladder, an infection in his gallbladder. So they added more medicine, and I asked the vet that Monday, you know, are we just delaying the inevitable? Because he was so sick. I have never seen a cat this sick before. You would pick him up and he would just lie limp in your arms I thought he was part ragdoll I mean I'm not kidding I thought he was a ragdoll breed because he would go ragdoll in your arms and he doesn't do that anymore and so we we know now understand that that's how weak he was he he was just so weak he couldn't hold himself up in our arms But that Monday, I asked the vet, are we just delaying the inevitable? I was really concerned because we had already paid like $1,500 to the vet. Could not afford much more. Oh, We couldn't even afford that, but we had the generosity of strangers. I was just worried that we were just prolonging his suffering. The vet said that he was only about three years old, which was disheartening. I mean, you think about what kind of what kind of life must he have lived to be this sick at three and it's hard to understand why why nobody came forward to collect this cat and and you would go back in the Facebook posts and you would go back further and I I found months before where people were posting about him saying I found this cat on my deck and I fed him he he had been on his own for months and months and nobody came to to get him and he was the sweetest most loving happy little cat and he would snuggle you and I, I don't understand we just didn't understand there's no way he could have been dumped we just couldn't believe that the vet said he wanted to try one more thing he wanted to try steroids and if that didn't work we would be talking about end-of-life care so we let him, he went ahead and tried the steroids. He told us that because this hadn't been our cat a week ago, and because we had been taking such good care of him, trying to keep him alive, he was gonna keep Kogo for three days, I believe, free of charge. And he was going to just pump him full of fluids, fluids, just get all those Billy out of there as much as he could, give him the steroids, get him, see, him, see if he can get to, get him to eat again stuff like that, over the next several days. And the good news was that the steroids did end up working. So the last resort ended up working a little bit. His blood work did start to improve slightly. The vet said his prognosis was still very guarded, but he had hope that Coco really wanted to be here. So uh, we went to visit him many times in the vet. He really loved Seeing us whenever we'd come to see him, he just almost like he would light up and he would lay in our laps and especially my husband, like Chai chose me, Coco chose my husband. He's like, my husband is like Coco's security blanket at this point. After about three days, we were able to pick him up. We had to give him even more medications at this point. We had a huge list of like just how-tos, directions on what to do, what time. I lived basically by alarm to alarm on my phone. We did all of this to keep Coco alive. We did our very best. My daughter helped to feed him through the tube. My husband helped to give him, you know, his pills and... He was on the tube and several of these pills for at least another month before we were able to finally get the tube removed because he was eating on his own. Finally. (laughs) And no more syringes with gross goopy cat food in it. Ah, it was so much better. So we finally got his tube removed, got him down to just a couple of pills a day and he was so much better and actually he started to eat so much that we were joking that he was getting fat you know he was becoming a fat lazy house cat he went from i believe eight pounds eight to nine pounds to 12 pounds and now today he's around 16 pounds and i'm not going to say he's fat he's actually a very large cat like large as in like big he's not I would say he's not super overweight, but he probably is a little bit super overweight. (laughs) But he's just, you know, he's a fat, happy house cat, lays around, meows, you know, once cuddles, if my husband leaves for work, he meows around the house like, where did you go? And then when my husband comes back home, he gets right up to him, meow, 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 like, let me tell you about my day, I'm so happy you're home, and... You know, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll look over and Coco's sleeping on top of my husband. I mean, they are just super close. It's very sweet. And Coco is now my Coco co-host. As he meows quite often when, whenever I'm giving a podcast. He's actually hasn't entered the room this morning, which is very interesting for him. I can imagine that right now he's on the stairs because the morning sunlight comes in just right over those stairs, and he likes to be right there when it hits. And he'll spend most of the day there on those stairs, just basking in the sunshine. And about his eating habits, well, we can't get him to stop eating now. <laughs> so, We have to uh, make sure he doesn't hog all the food and the other cats get some too. (laughs) But he really is a sweet addition to our family. And, you know, we did spend quite a bit of money keeping him alive. And we put a lot of effort into keeping him alive. But I think it just makes him, makes it even more special to have him here. Because we know now, and, and even the vets have told us, he would not be alive. He would not be here today if it hadn't been for us taking him in. And doing what was necessary to make sure he was healthy. And now he's gotten all of his vaccinations. He's just a normal, normal house cat now. He does try to get outside sometimes, but no. No, no, Coco. You are now an indoor cat, never going outside again. (laughs) As for his origin story, we are starting to strongly believe that he lived in the condo townhouse that was empty beneath the shrubbery there used to be a little old lady who lived there but she was kind of maybe had dementia or Alzheimer's apparently the police had to be called often because she was just suffering a lot of delusions and at I'm we're we're thinking that maybe he was her cat and somebody came to take her somewhere where she could be safe and cared for and and he was either outside or they didn't know that he was there and he ended up getting left outside. So that's our hope. Our hope is, you know, obviously I hope, I don't hope somebody is sick, but I, I just hope that it's not something as, you know, dark as he was dumped off because he really is the sweetest, friendliest cat you will meet And I can't imagine anybody opening a door and shoving him out and then leaving. I just can't. I'm really gonna go ahead and go with he was accidentally left behind. And that makes me feel a little bit better about society, about humanity. But those of you on social media know all about Coco now. We have a hashtag, Team Coco. We gave out Coco postcards to help raise money for his vet bills. I mean... There's just such an outpouring of love still for Coco. Every time I post pictures of him, everybody's, oh my gosh, look at him. Look how big he is because he's getting so fat and round and plump and happy. And he's just a success story that we've added to our home and our studio. As for the studio, as you know, he likes to be my co-host. And he likes to lay right behind me on the chair or lay upside down on the floor hoping that I will reach down and give him belly rubs. He really is truly now living his best life. So those are the stories and introductions of our three studio cats, Kitty, Chai, and Coco. We can't imagine life without them now that they are here. And I'm very excited to have them for many, 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 many years to come. And hopefully they will add a bit more to the studio with meows and purrs as the podcast continues. A quick thank you to Onda Norte, Howard Harper Barnes, Franz Gordon, and Lars Meyer for the music in this episode. And thank you to Epidemic Sound for providing the music. And a special thank you to the three kitties of the studio who make every day just so interesting. (laughs) Thank you to you for being here with me and learning all about the studio cats. Until next time, may all the therapy kitties be healthy and all of the stray kitties be adopted. Thank you for joining me today.